0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. We are so, so incredibly excited to have you here with us today because today is very special. This is episode number 30, and this week marks one year of the We, Us, and Ours podcast. Woo! That is so incredibly exciting, and we are So thankful for everyone that has joined in with us over the last year, and we will definitely spend some time talking about that a little bit later in this episode, but I want to dive right in and pick up where we left off at the end of last episode. So last episode, if you have not listened to it yet, go check it out. Lots of useful information about what it's like traveling internationally right now. And I had filmed that episode in Paris about halfway through my two and a half-ish week trip and (laughs) there were a couple curveballs that got thrown in on the latter half of the trip and so especially with coming back to the U.S. it's something that I wanted to talk about that I think would be very beneficial for people that are planning on traveling just curious or you know any, any myriad of reasons, but it's definitely something to be aware of. So the first half of my trip, I had been in and around London and then out into the countryside a little bit. Then I was in Paris and the, well, Paris is part of the EU. Amsterdam and the Netherlands is part of the EU. London and the UK is not part of the EU. So there were different regulations. In general each country has different rules and regulations but when you are traveling from EU country to EU country it is comparable to traveling from state to state in the US because you don't have to go through borders and customs and all of that stuff. So when I took the train over it was through Belgium from France to Belgium to the Netherlands very quick and easy going through and the only reason I could tell I was in a new country was because my phone texted me and said welcome to Belgium welcome to the Netherlands so it's a a lot more lax to be able to transit through which comes into play when dealing with COVID and testing and things of that nature which is just the world that we find ourselves in right now so I arrived in Paris and I had did not have to get tested to arrive straight into France but I would have coming from the UK if I was going straight to the Netherlands and since I wasn't sure if I would have needed to be tested coming from France to the Netherlands because I had just been in the UK within the last 10 days I ended up getting tested anyways before heading over because In today's world, you will absolutely rather be safe than sorry. So the testing process in France is pretty easy. In Paris in particular, they have pharmacies on almost every street corner. They are all over the city. And you're able to walk right in or walk right up to one of these white tents that is outside of the pharmacy and just say that you'd like to pay for a test. And they give you a test. And the results were ready within 15 minutes. It cost me, I believe, 25 euros to test there. And my goodness gracious, this was the most invasive test I have ever had. I've been tested a hefty amount of times. Not nearly as many as other people have in this current time. But I've been tested enough. That one, I walked away from first off my eyes watered I was a few seconds away from crying it was so I felt like she had scratched my brain and just like ma'am I don't know if part of that was because since it was outside and I had been walking outside with my friend Audrey for a while that maybe my nose was a little stuffy because it was cold because it's November in Paris and so maybe my nose was a little stuffed I don't know. But that, that was painful. It took me about 15 minutes to recover afterwards where I just didn't feel it still in my nose. But thankfully, came back as negative. All good to go. And I didn't end up needing to show my test results anywhere heading into the Netherlands. Because like I said, when you're in transit, it's very much like, traveling from state to state. If I had flown, it might have been different, but I took the train, which was only about three and a half hours, and it was very comfortable, even in second class. I enjoyed it way more than the Eurostar from London to Paris. And it was it was perfect. There was an outlet at every seat. The seats were big, they were comfy and perfect for me to rest or at least lay my head and then just look out the window. So I arrived in the Netherlands and I had known that there was a curfew that had just been instated in the Netherlands and that was that everything essentially had to close at 8 p.m. Restaurants, bars, stores, everything. And you were able, there were some workarounds in the way of that certain restaurants would stay open later but only for takeaway or for delivery. But we didn't really want to push that. And so we just made sure that we ate dinner a little bit earlier. It was a little bit silly, the the rules and regulations there, in my opinion. Because it just caused more people to be in restaurants at the exact same time instead of spreading out. But, you know, <sighs> if we we all had a dollar for every time something could have been handled better in the pandemic. it You know, it's fine. It's fine. So... We're very thankful that there weren't the crazy riots that was happening in Rotterdam, and then apparently there were some protests in Amsterdam that we were able to avoid. So we we were very lucky in that regard. And I had stayed at Citizen M in Paris and in Amsterdam, and I had the opportunity to get to meet a lot of the the crew At Citizen M HQ and in the Netherlands, and they were so amazing. Absolutely, one of my favorite parts of the trip was just getting to meet them and spend some quality time with the lovely people of Citizen M. So, overall, very, very great experience. But (laughs) this is where the dumpster fire sets in. I was planning on flying back the day before Thanksgiving. So, I was going to get back in Wednesday night, and Thanksgiving is Thursday. And on Monday, things got a little bit crazy in my personal life. And I was stressing out a little bit. And I just needed to, to step back. and like, okay, all right. And I had been hanging out with my friend Connor, who's from the Netherlands. And I had said, hey, I should probably think about where I'm going to get my test tomorrow. Because tomorrow is going to be Tuesday. And then I fly back to the States on Wednesday. And he said, you, you haven't made an appointment yet? thinking no everywhere that I've been so far in the EU and in Europe in general has just allowed me to do walk-up things he's like no in the Netherlands you have to plan everything out and I'm thinking what and he said yeah and because of the curfew and because of the spiking cases a lot of appointments are completely full so I'm starting to panic at this point and he said also They offer a test in the Netherlands that isn't accepted in the U.S. like when you fly back. Because this is something that's very important to note is that you have to get tested to fly back to the United States. I'm going to repeat that because a lot of people don't realize that. It does not matter your vaccination status, your residency, where you are coming from. Every single person that flies into the U.S., whether you are an American citizen or not, has to have a negative test. And it depends on the timing of if you're like your vaccination status changes the time frame that you can have the test. So if you're vaccinated, it's 72 hours within 72 hours that you need the test. And if you're not vaccinated, it's within 24 hours. So that is important because I saw two Americans get turned away at the Amsterdam airport because they did not have test results. They didn't have tests. So. Very, very important to know. But I'm freaking out a little bit. And Connor had said he had known someone that just flew to the U.S. and they got turned away because they did not have the right test. So naturally, already with my life feeling like a dumpster fire on that day, I'm freaking out a little bit. And we try to figure out, okay, well, let's see if we can find me an appointment somewhere. And everything is only in Dutch. Only in Dutch. And since I was viewing this on my phone, it doesn't do the automatic translate like it would on a desktop. So I'm having Connor translate things and we're trying. And then we asked one of the lovely women at Citizen M, Natalia. Shout out to Natalia because she had her computer up. So she's starting to help me because I'm thinking, well, if you work at a hotel, I feel like you probably encounter a lot of people that need COVID tests. So where do we go? She pulls up something. No appointments. I'm thinking, okay, it's fine. Stay calm, Charlotte. It's all good. We go through something. She finds an appointment. says, okay, here, enter your credit card info. And it was still going to be pretty pricey. This was going to be the second most expensive test that I had taken. And it was, again, the dumpster fire did not stop there because I entered my info three times. And every time it said, oh, there's an error. And I figured out that this website just did not like my U.S. Credit card. It only wanted to take things from the EU. So we're in a little bit of a frantic trying to figure this out. It is late on Monday night. So finally, we find a website that's only in Dutch. Connor translates for me. We figure it out and he's like, okay, well, you either have to have this European bank card or you can pay there. And I said, okay, well, then I'll pay there. That's my only option. Hopefully I can pay with card because I have made it through this whole trip without taking out any euros because especially in the world of the pandemic I said you know what I'm not going to try to carry around cash if I don't need to plus I have cards that have no annual or no foreign transaction fees I get credit card points and it's just easier so the only appointment I could get was for that next morning and it was 30 minutes away and it was going to be 75 euros. So a little over 80 US dollars and it was not even a rapid test. It was we'll turn it around in 24 hours but Connor and Natalia were both like yeah we hope it's 24 hours. They sometimes say that and they don't actually provide. We're thinking oh my goodness gracious okay so I wake up in the morning and I am Headed, and I said, You know what? I'm gonna get there 30 minutes early. I don't want to mess this up at all. This is really important. So, I get up really early. I go to take the metro or the subway in Amsterdam, and the line that I need just stops working completely stops working. It says that the train was coming, it said the train arrived, no train arrived, ghost train. Uh, and then it said the next train doesn't come for 10 minutes, and then Ten minutes later, it said the train's not coming for another six minutes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't do this. I need to go find something else. So I call an Uber. The Uber takes ten minutes to show up. In the car, we are rushing over there in some traffic. There's road closures. He starts driving down the tram lanes. And I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, sir. Okay, as long as we're getting there. And I end up getting there about five probably five minutes before my appointment and I'm pacing up and down the street because I can't find the testing center because there was no signs outside and it was an old dentist office that had been shut down. I'm thinking, yes, that makes sense. So I finally find it about three to four minutes before my appointment time, which naturally I have been stressing out about because for someone who planned on being 30 minutes early to now only be three minutes early, yeah, not not fun but it was a much gentler test the woman was very nice it was both nasal and mouth and she said okay you'll get the results within 24 hours oh completely forgot to explain this It was that she said oh by the way we can only take cash I said well I don't I don't have cash she said okay you have to go and she did this after we tested she said okay you have to go to the grocery store down the street go to the red one not the blue one the red one Okay, she said, "Go to the cashier and say that you want to take out some cash, or well, you want to um, pay with your card, and you'll take out some cash." I'm thinking, okay. So I rush over and I get to these two grocery stores that are next to each other, and I'm thinking, uh okay, red one, not the blue one. I go inside, go to the cashier, said hi, I would like, I explain the situation, I said okay, but you have to buy something, and I panicked, I thinking, well, what? And the guy behind me goes, "Just go buy a bar of chocolate." So even though I'm on a big fitness bender right now, I run and I go and buy the first bar of chocolate. I come back, there's now five people in line in front of me. I'm thinking, ugh, oh, okay. So it takes a while and then I said, okay, I need 75 euros. He said, we can't do that. We can do 70 euros or 100 euros. I'm like, well, I, I'm buying a bar of chocolate. I don't need 100 euros. But I had to get it so that I could have the 75 euros. And I accidentally paid with my credit card because I always pay with my credit card. I have not used a debit card in years. And as I'm scanning it on the touchless, he goes, "Is that a credit card?" and I pull it back really fast. I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And um I, this man looks at me with just rage in his eyes. And I was like, "Oh, sorry. Here, I I have a debit card." And he said, "It's already gone through." And I kind of throw my hands up a little bit in defense being like, "Uh, what?" And he says, you better not cancel this charge. You could get in serious trouble. He's, and he made me sign the receipt to validate this. I'm like, sir, I am just trying to pay for a COVID test to get home for Thanksgiving. I will not be fraud committing fraud against this grocery store. And I panicked and I ran out and I paid for my COVID test and just said, okay, you know what? We're good. We're good. It's fine. It's out of my control now. So... Thankfully by that next morning the day that I'm leaving I woke up to my COVID test results which were negative which were great so I had everything that I needed and it I I didn't print it off I just had the scan on my phone which ended up being fine and they checked it in the Netherlands they would not have let me check my bag unless I had showed my negative COVID test but I didn't have to show my results when I arrived back in the U.S. which was kind of surprising so the airport in Amsterdam the security everything was a little chaotic so again no matter what you're doing please a lot more time when you're traveling just do it please do it you will not you would rather spend a little bit of extra time in the airport than be stressing out or miss your flight and have to deal with that so I ended up being a little stressed through the airport but I made it boarded my flight it was great uh getting through My flight itself was very rough. It was about a seven and a half, eight hour flight. And three hours of it were just pure turbulence. And I'm a frequent flyer. I was getting stressed out. My anxiety was on an all time high. I had to pause my movie, put on some Jesus music on repeat and just be praying. And it was was one of those turbulences that at one point the pilots came on and said, flight attendants, take your seats. And yeah, that's not one that's really super comforting because usually flight attendants they let wander around, they'll just put on fasten sleep belt sign. Nope, they're they're like strap in. It's gonna be bumpy. And yeah, that plus the child screaming bloody murder in my row that I could not drown out with any amount of Jesus music and noise canceling headphones. And then the young couple near me that had been drinking wine for the entire flight and spilling and was very intoxicated. I was like, you know what? I just need to be off this flight. So finally we land. And now that the U.S. is open to vaccinated EU and UK travelers, the flight was very packed. And so were all the other flights that were coming in. So customs was busy. And if you travel internationally at all, And you qualify, it is so worth it to look up global entry and say, Okay, this is this is something that's worth investing in. It's about a hundred dollars, it lasts for five years, it gets you through expedited customs, it gets you TSA pre when you fly domestically. It's one of the best, biggest game changers that you can do in travel. So even with that, there was a little bit of a line, but I was able to make it through very quickly and just get home and throw off my backpack and relax. I was very very thankful for global entry because I did not want to wait in that long freaking customs line the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Not not fun. But in general, it's I say these things about what traveling was like, but things change so quickly. Even since I've been back, the UK has now changed their regulations a little bit. The Netherlands is on more of a lockdown than a curfew with this new variant and everything. So the important thing is just to be active and checking this stuff if you're planning on traveling. Things change all the time. I will be heading back to Europe uh, for my friend's wedding in January and I'm not concerned about the regulations right now because by late January, we have two months, there's... There's a lot that's going to change between now and then, and it's out of my control, so there's no point in stressing over it, just saying, you know what, I have my flights, I'm going to do what I can, and that's it. So just be diligent about that, and for the love of all that is good, please know that you need to get tested to come back into the U.S., and just be safe than sorry. Get the extra test if you think you might need it. You'd rather have that than get turned away, and invest in travel insurance. I spent $65 on travel insurance. My whole trip was covered and I thankfully didn't need it. But it gave me huge peace of mind that if stuff hit the fan, which it really had the potential to, that I was covered. So, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is episode number 30. And it marks one year of podcasting, which is so exciting. I am so thankful That you guys have been along on this journey with us. We have had listeners come in from 35 plus countries on all six inhabited continents around the world, which has been crazy and wild. And it's just so fun to get to do life with you guys. And I'm so thankful for all of the guests that I've had from around the world. You all are amazing. And this is wrapping up our last episode of season one. Woo! So officially we will launch season two soon. I don't have a direct launch date for that yet, but we will keep you updated, especially if you are following and subscribing on any social media or on Apple or on Spotify. You will see everything. But I'm so happy with how season one has gone, the incredible guests, and there's three lessons that I've learned over this year of podcasting that I wanted to share. One is that you will get better with things over time. You may start off with something and just be way in over your head. And it's going to be rough and bumpy. I listened back at some of the earlier episodes and just cringe. Absolutely cringe thinking, oh my goodness, that is terrible. And you know what? It gets better. You get more confident. And this is in whatever you do, but especially in public speaking, because you learn to hate your voice a little bit less. Even me being the public speaker that I am, I hated listening to my voice. Hated it. Editing these podcasts were so cringy and painful. Thinking, do I sound like that? That's terrible. That's no wrong object. Hate it. But you know, You will learn to hate your voice a little less. You will get better with it. And lesson number three is that when people close to you prophesize over your life and your skills and your abilities, look into that. I had some people in my life suggest podcasting. Someone who has been a huge help in launching this podcast and was the first guest is a mentor of mine, Bob Goff. He is someone that I had gone through some mentorship with some structured mentorship with in twenty twenty and am so thankful for his encouragement and guidance and for just saying, "Yeah, I absolutely believe that this is something that you would be good at and that you would enjoy and I have had some people in my life that have pointed out other things they're like charlotte you need you need to write a book." You need to do this. You need to do that. So you never, you never know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe a book is coming in 2022. Stay tuned. <laughs> but really, when people close to you say, hey, I think you'd be really good at this. I think you'd really enjoy this. Do a little bit of digging into it. And also, don't be afraid to be that voice for someone else. If you see people in your life that have skills that they might not be tapping into, say, have you ever thought about doing this? Sometimes it just takes someone else to speak that into your life. To realize, yeah, you know, I do love that. I do think I would be good at that. And you never know. You never know what doors it could open. Or you never know what podcast could be launched. But regardless, we are so thankful that you are here with us. That we get to do life together. Thank you for supporting us and this crazy endeavor. So to wrap it up, I will leave it with this. Go shoot your shot, make friends in unexpected places, and go tell someone today that you love them. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you guys in season two.